So today we're going to interview Brooke Seeley. She's a good friend of mine, and I'm excited to hear what her hobby is. Brooke, do you want to tell us what your hobby is? So I'd have to, I had to go back to my roots because I have like 30 different hobbies. <laughs> but I figured the one that I loved the most was uh, motorcycles, mechanicking, just motorcycles in general, like anything to do with dirt. So I was like, okay, so should I have my hobby be dirt? Because that's kind of anything with wheels that goes in dirt. So, <laughs> Welcome, my friends, to a Little Brighter podcast, where we interview a seemingly ordinary person with a seemingly ordinary hobby and find the extraordinary love and passion that makes our world a little brighter. I'm your host, Nicole Graff. Today, we are going to jump back to the 90s. Brooke is hilarious, and she cracks me up. She is the kindest, most competitive person I've met. I could imagine her in a race, running over someone, and then taking them a snow cone with a smile and a genuine apology. It would be impossible to stay mad at her. Brooke and her siblings have an incredible life story. I promise you, by the end of this episode, the only word that will go through your head is unbelievable. I asked Brooke to tell us about how a teenage girl discovered her passion for mechanicking. I'd like you to tell me a little bit about mechanicking and how you ended up doing that. Okay, well, um, my whole family raced dirt bikes for our entire lives pretty much, and my brothers um, started racing, I think, I don't know, I think I was like, like 11, I think, when they started racing, and I wanted to do what they did. I was the only girl raised with four boys, so I'm like, I want to do this. And so I got on a bike and terrified my brothers. I crashed in Oklahoma at a national. Back then, they didn't have like powder puff classes, so I raced with the boys. And I think I was in fourth place going past second. And uh, there was this big over and under, and I jumped, and the kid next to me didn't jump. And so I was going to land on him. And I remember throwing my bike, and that, well, that's all I remember. But I, I knocked myself out. I ripped all my braces off. And the track was so big that my brothers and no my mom had no idea were. where I was. They just kept seeing everybody going around. And, oh, where is he? Where is he? And so I remember getting up. And I like was kind of out of it. I was kick-starting my bike. And it wouldn't start. And then the flagger comes up and pulls out his pocket knife. And was like, your, your tailpipe's clogged up. So he got his pocket knife and <laughs> dug out the dirt. And I finally got it going again. And I remember coming around and... I'm not a quitter, <laughs> so no matter how bad I hurt, I'm like, I gotta just finish the race. Didn't know what lap we were on or anything. So I remember passing my brothers, and like they were just like, oh, they're just freaking out. They're like, oh, yeah. pull over, you know. And I just kept going. I finished the race. Your mouth was probably all bloody and. Oh, like, well, I thought I had dirt all over me. Like yeah. I had dirt all in my goggles and everything. And I get off the track, and everybody's just kind of like white, like flushed, looking at me. I'm like, what? Like what? I can't feel anything. <laughs> They're like, you're covered in blood. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. I had dirt and blood all over. You know how bad your mouth bleeds. And Wes was like, that's it. You're done. Like, no more. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I, you know, I want to do this. They're like, no, sorry. Like, we can't handle it. Because they would get such anxiety before their motos worrying about me that I was like, all right. 
so I kind of just helped tinker on the bikes and then when we got back I helped unload everything and that was kind of like this is fun <laughs> like even though like I'm not racing like I was still like involved yeah and so that's kind of what sparked it was that getting hurt at that race and kind of knowing that well I probably don't have a career in motorcycles <laughs> so that's kind of what started it and then I just I don't know it was like the first time in my life like some clicked and like I loved what I did so that's it was cool. super fun my mom actually she was uh she raced her bikes when she was young that's kind of how we all got into it and um she was the first woman to ever get her contractor's license in Utah <laughs> so she's a painting contractor she's a go-getter and she's always kind of instilled in us the sky's the limit whatever you want to do um she really wanted me to show horses so when I told her I want to be a grease monkey, she was kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, all right, do it. So took her a minute, but then she was all for it. From then on, Brooke was in the garage. During the interview, she spoke highly of her brothers and their endless stories about racing. But for time and simplicity purposes, we decided to mostly focus on her brother Justin's career, since that was when she was mechanicking the most. Um, my brothers actually uh, race. Com- we raced competitively for 13 years, and they rode for Kawasaki. So, Justin, him, he was the first kid to ever get a Kawasaki ride in Utah. Mm, so wow. we had pretty much everything for free, and it was all super awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> we were the first girl, boy, like you know, sister brother team. So we kind of were super sought after I guess like everybody you know we had a lot of interviews and people love to take pictures of us and Mm -hmm. they'd always ask Justin like aren't you a little scared of your sister working on your bike you know she's gonna put sugar in your gas tank or something (laughs) but he's like I wouldn't let anybody touch my you know bike but her so we have I mean our family's really close we don't we don't fight we just purely love each other and so that was kind of like the set us apart from like other riders and stuff so yeah I think that Josh my Josh feels a little ripped off that he didn't go to your family <laughs> <laughs> like for real when you guys moved into the neighborhood it was like an answer to his prayers you yeah. know <laughs> well yeah we have so many hundreds of thousands of stories that we could tell you that just of traveling losing tires like in the middle of sto- snowstorms and just but I mean, I was the designated driver. So like, I never wanted my brothers to get tired going to races. So I drove there and home always. Like, yeah, I had more miles than most truck drivers do at 16. So <laughs> actually 15 and a half. Don't, yeah, don't tell anybody that. But, you know, I had my permit and I was, we were, just, we just did it. I mean, you, it just, you were taking your brothers to races at 15. Yeah. Let's go, don't wait. We had an exciting life. I mean, I look back on our life and I'm like, wow, like I was like 15, like doing that and 16, you know, so it was just pure fun. And I'd never really dated like guys would be like, let's go out. I'd be like, well, you can come hang out in the garage with me. <laughs> so, so there was, they'd come hang out in the garage, watch me work on bikes and go home. Like that was, that was kind of it. Like me, my, me and Mike, my husband's like third date, he just kind of came and hang out in the garage and watch me work on bikes that I had to get ready for the next race. So that's awesome. Let's make. 
I mean, I know you mechanic for for your brothers. How many, you know, bikes were you fixing <laughs> and okay. keeping them on the track? You know, getting bikes ready. We would, um, I was homeschooled, so I would spend like, you know, hours upon hours getting the bikes ready. So like Justin had four bikes all the time. So he had two practice bikes, two race bikes, but then he also had another bike that Kawasaki would kind of bring to the race and stuff. Okay. But but I would work on it there and then they just take it back and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I had a lot of bikes to work on constantly. So tell me a little bit about your mindset when you're working on bikes. Where does your head go? Well, there's, I don't know, there's something to be said about like tearing some down to the frame and then putting it back together and kickstarting it and it's starting. Like, I don't know. <laughs> there's always that like anticipation. Is this going to run? Like, and even, I don't know, no matter how many bikes I tore down and put back together, there's so many pieces. It's like putting a puzzle together. So it's like that thrill of like, after you're all done and all the oil and gas, everything in it, you kicking it and it's starting and it just sounded like perfect. I don't know. It's kind of like a giddy, like high every time. <laughs> so it was like, I don't know. I, I loved it and I still love it. I cannot wait to be able to teach my kids how to do it. So that's cool. So it's just this sense of satisfaction totally. that you beat that. Yeah, totally. And like I took a lot of pride in my brothers never broke down like the whole 13 years that I mechanic for them like they never nobody ever broke down at a race and that's like super rare yeah and, but I knew being a girl I had to be that much better than everybody so so yeah when everybody was going on a date so I was tearing bikes apart and putting it back together because nothing <laughs> was gonna break and I had a lot of offers from a lot of different famous people that you know, I mean, James Stewart would always hound me, come mechanic for me, you know, I'll be the first black kid with the white girl mechanic, you know. <laughs> no, I think I'm good with my brothers. <laughs> so so did you ever get paid for mechanicing or was um, this just a, a labor of from love? My brother's labor of love, totally. I mean, I would have, I would have like done anything. I still would do anything for him, but... When I finally actually, my brothers went on LDS missions and I didn't know what to do in life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually moved down to California and started working for Pro Circuit. And um, then I ended up working for Jackie Hudson, who's Andrew Short's wife. She was um, their girl rider on their team. So worked with for her for about, I think, almost a year. And it just was not the same yeah. for me. Like that high and that. I don't know, the sense of, like, satisfaction. Like, even when she won, just wasn't there anymore. Like, it was so different. So, huh. my my. So, do you think it was, was your connection to your brothers that kind of made it? I don't know. We were such a team. It's such a team sport, like, between your mechanic and the rider that, I don't know. And having it be, like, family. Like, that's why I get, like, so many dads mechanic for their kids. And sure. just, it's so, it's, it's like you're... You're on unity, the bike with them. That unity and that connection yeah. to family and that sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Because it's a huge sacrifice, that sport. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it's even like me and my brother Justin were just talking about it last night. Like, if you want to get your kids in it, you're just like, uh, do we want to spend like millions of dollars? Because <laughs> that's basically what you have to do now. And they have to be incredible. I was able to relate to Brooke by the experiences I had when my son Josh was racing. The money, the practices, the disappointments, the victories. Everyone involved has to be 100% committed, and that can be hard sometimes. So, I mean, I know your mom was a single mom, and she was, you know, 
bringing the home mom. the money. <laughs> yeah, she was the mom and the dad. Um, so tell me a little bit about how that worked. I mean, how is she how is she working and providing for you guys? Yeah, and you guys are it was really going all over her. the country. Yeah. Um, Back before there were cell phones, doing races. <laughs> yeah, like just give me a little glimpse of how yeah. that worked with you so, guys. Yeah, so she um, she would just stay home and work and. Um, we would pack up, leave. We'd usually go eat somewhere and then get on the road. And then she'd just be like, call me when you got to the next state. I mean, so we would go from Utah across the whole United States. And I mean, it was really hard for my mom because like when cell phones came around, we took advantage of those, sure. you know, and we'd always call her like, oh, they're doing this or this. And when um, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, Wes or Justin, but one of them got whole shot at a national. It was like huge. And we called right after he got whole shot. He got whole shot. He's in first place. She's like, why would you call me now? Like, <laughs> should have called me at the end of the race. So now I'm going to be like, and so she's like, I remember I was painting a piece of base in the bathroom, just like on pins and needles, knowing that you guys were in Oklahoma. Like it just, so yeah. that's kind of it. So it was, it was hard for her to stay home, but she knew that some, you know, she had to make the money so that we yeah. could do it. And then after that, like, a year later like it was all free and so she would like fly in like the day of the races and then sometimes she'd have to fly right back or sometimes she'd ride home with us so yeah she she worked her butt off for us because I mean we obviously didn't get free stuff from the get-go and dirt bikes are super expensive and she had you know all of us wanting to do it so she had to buy a lot of bikes I mean there was 10 bikes that she'd buy like all at the same time just line them up load them up a couple trucks get them home Brooke touched my heart and cut close to home for me when she spoke about her mother. When you grow up with one invested parent, you become so close to your siblings and fiercely loyal to that parent. You stand by each other for support in order to survive being emotionally broken. I want to honor Brooke's mom, Robin, and my mom, Lynette, and all the other single parents out there that are holding up the world for their kids. It is the heaviest burden to keep a family together and the sacrifices they make to help their kids live their dreams. Well, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, I always ask everyone I interview if you have a secret hobby or something that maybe you like to do that most people would not know about? Ooh, I don't know. I kind of like to do everything. That's what's, that's kind of my problem sometimes. <laughs> Everything's fun to me. So, um, I love to cook. I don't know. I love photography, but I love action photography. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> so, but that's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Cooking. I love to cook for people. Yeah, I love to sat. I love satisfying people. Like that's you know, you're hungry, I'll feed you. Yeah, you know, your bike's broke, I'll fix it. That's kind of just like, <laughs> I think it's just kind of in me a little bit. But yeah, yeah, probably cooking. I love to cook. Cool. But I'll wash my hands before I cook. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes grease in their food, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Brooke. Appreciate All right, it. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for tuning in today for this episode of A Little Brighter Podcast. Our podcast is produced by Jessica Neiman and hosted by yours truly, Nicole Graff. If you are interested in being in a future episode and sharing what you and sharing what makes your world a little brighter, please shoot us an email at a little brighter podcast at gmail.com. We will be back this time next week. Hope you will tune in. And in the meantime, keep shining. <music>